Praise the Lord. I'm so glad to see all of you. We have so many fun festivities out there this morning. I'm like, I'm not even a kid and I'm excited. Just a little bit of color and games and they're like, that's all it takes to wind me up. That's why I made a really good youth pastor when I was a youth pastor because we were pretty radical. Thank you. <laughs> I was out of control as a youth pastor. I, I probably did things I shouldn't have done. But we have memories for a lifetime, trust me. <laughs> Kids are still telling stories today of the craziness. So, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for all of us that are here today, God. We just know your presence, your love, your grace, your mercy is so flowing in this house, Father God. And I pray, Lord, as we share the word of God, let our hearts be open, received. Receive the seed of life, God. Receive the seed of hope, Jesus. That, God, I know great things are coming for your church worldwide and for faith builders and for the family members of this house, God. And even those watching by home who are have their church online, Father God, bless them in their homes today. Let your spirit go out, Father God. Let them feel your healing anointing, your power, your love. God, your presence definitely transcends Wi-Fi, God, and technology that you can reach everyone right where they're at. Holy Spirit, have your way for the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. Well, let's go ahead and get into the Word of God this morning. I don't want to keep you real too late because I know we're so excited and the kids are going to just like be driving up the walls probably during the children's ministry trying to get outside. But the Lord put this message in my heart and I don't know how many weeks I'm going to go on it, maybe just a couple, but it just was really birthing in me in this new season that God is doing in the church and I'm so excited what God is doing here at our church personally, amen, and so many people are just being healed and saved and delivered and we're seeing just a refreshing of the Lord and, you know, as a pastor, there's no greater joy in life than to see people's lives changed. Yeah. You know, that's what we do it for. Our podcast on Wednesday night, uh, Pastor Paul did, uh, did a couple of interviews, and one of them was with Chad and Chrissy and Liam, and I can't wait for them to come out because they were just so rich of what God has done in our church. But something that uh, Chrissy had said was she looks at the pastors and elders like just like treasures of gold because of what has happened in their life. And Pastor Paul said something that was just so extraordinary and true, and he said, but that's how we look at you. That when we see your life changed, I go home happy as a pastor. When I see you touched and healed and restored, it's like that's really what it's all about. Amen. And so my message this morning is called The Grudge. Almost could be The Grinch, but it's called, it's called The Grudge. And again, uh, this morning as I'm talking, I'm not going to go deep into like deep, deep unforgiveness of things that have been maybe been carrying for many, many years. I'm not really going to, uh, actually I'm not going to go into that depth of it at all. But how many know sometimes we just need to find out where we can bat off the enemy right away so that things don't go deep. You know, so I really want to talk about the small things that happen in our lives that can become big things. And I'm not just talking about in the church. I mean, how many know we can have offenses in the church? If you've been in the church long enough, you've been offended. You know, I was thinking about even our pastoral and elder team, we've been offended with each other. They probably won't raise their hands, but listen, we've been serving long. Thank you. The honesty comes out. <laughs> Listen, we all get offended, and what I want this message to do is not to bring any kind of guilt. It's like, let's expose the enemy today. 
let's expose him so that we can see clearly so that we don't let the small things become big things. Because the enemy more than anything would love small things to become big things. Amen. And I didn't have the scripture verse to give them. But as I was coming to church, it, it, the Holy Spirit reminded me. And it's in Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 2, verse 15. And it says this, catch us the foxes. The little foxes that spoil the vine, for our vine has tender grapes. So I think as a church, and not just in the church, I'm talking about on the job, we can get offended. Who's, who's married in here? I know you all never been offended with your spouse. <laughs> never been put out or bothered. <laughs> I've learned that the most Holy Ghost movements is on your way to church where the devil really shows up in the car and you fight all the way here. <laughs> Right, So it's in relationships, it's in marriages, it's definitely going to be in the church because we have a diversity of people, personalities and upbringings and styles. And, and so when we come together, there's going to be these little bumps in the road. And I'm going to teach us this morning how to navigate the bumps in the road. Because trust me, I have gone through offenses, little ones and big ones. And I've had to really learn to navigate those by the Holy Spirit so that those offenses don't have me. Because that's what the enemy wants. He doesn't really care about what's happening. He'll break up friendships. He'll break up marriages. He'll do all of that. But what he really wants is to get a hold of your heart so that you don't fulfill the purposes of God in your life. Amen? So it's time to let it go. Say, let it go. That's what we're going to talk about today. And so these little schisms that happen. So grudge means this. It means a persistent feeling of ill will or a resentment from the past. I was one that visited the uh, principal's office probably weekly. And so because of that, I have this wandering, lingering feeling of I'm always going to the principal's office. And have you ever just been about your day and all of a sudden you get this sick feeling in your gut? And you're like, what is it? What is it? And you, gotta, and you realize, oh, something that somebody did to you. Something that somebody said to you. You're having a happy day and there's that lingering, persistent ill will. And it's that place where the enemy is just trying to prod, prod, prod so that he can steal your joy. We'll talk a lot about this. There's many things the devil wants to steal if he can get us looking at the little things. These little schisms that happen, right? And then they begin to ball up and then they begin to get out of control. I think of these little schisms, and I'm sorry for those of you who own chihuahuas. Don't raise your hand. But little schisms are like chihuahuas. You know, they're just like, nah, 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 nah. Those are, da, 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 da. It's that little thing at your feet. You're like, get off of me. You know, that's what these little grudges do. They just da, 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 da. And they're coming in while you're worshiping God. Ba, 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 ba. Remind you of your past, right? And what we're going to do is we're going to kick the chihuahua out. Amen. Not in real life. Be nice to the dogs. Don't send me no hate mail. <laughs> but the enemy is cunning, isn't he? He doesn't have a lot of tricks, but he has a few good ones. And the one that he loves is to separate people. He loves strife and division. He loves to put animosity between relationships and people that are going to push the kingdom of God forward. And if he can get in our hearts, he then can begin to separate the church and slow down the motion of the kingdom of God. Instead of us coming together different and loving one another. Amen? So we have to forgive the small offenses. Recognize them right away because they'll accumulate and then it creates bitterness. And then ultimately, who does it hurt? It hurts me. If I'm holding bitterness and if I'm holding offense, I now will begin to self-destruct in my emotions because I haven't learned to surrender it to God. 
All right. How many of you have ever know anybody that's easily offended? Raise your hand. Don't point. Don't point. Just raise your hand. <laughs> we're all easily offended. Why? Because offense comes in when we're vulnerable and we're going through things personally. Listen, if you're on social media, social media is the playground for offense, right? <laughs> Most people find themselves tripping over a small offense, a small annoyance, right? Um, something that offends you, they're small. It's not usually the one big thing because that's a blanket of like, hey, this is not good, this is not healthy. But it's the small things. And it seems insignificant so we may turn, turn our head away from it and we don't realize that we've put something under the carpet that we really need to surrender back to Jesus and forgive people. So it could be many things. I don't even think we have to list. We all know where our small offenses come from. Now for me, it's definitely road rage. I have a problem you know that. I've confessed my sins. Forgive me. <laughs> I definitely have ro road rage. It's something I have to get under control, right? So I may, you know, let somebody in line, how there's like the merging, and I'm like, oh, I'm like having grace for that day. And they don't even do like the courtesy, like, thank you. You're like, really? You can't even say thank you? Like, your butt would still be back there, you know, if I didn't let you in, right? And that's just a silly example. But there, it is those little things that happen in our lives that the enemy gets in. It's like, have you ever text somebody something and, like, all of a sudden if you have an iPhone, you know those bubbles are going? You're like, oh, oh, they got it? And then you get nothing? You're like, I know you saw it because there was bubbles. And you are ghosting me right now. But it can be something that silly that we laugh about that actually gets in our heart. Well, why wouldn't they text me? Are they ignoring me? They don't care about me. Uh, if so-and-so did, they'd probably get the text back. And this small little thing begins to, what, come up in our heart, right? And so, anyway, social media, like I said, if you don't get the comment, you ever see somebody write in everybody else's post and never write under your post? You're like, okay, whatever, you know? What happens? We're living in the age of perpetual offense. And listen, Scripture even talks about this prophetically, that prophetically in the end days there will be many offenses that will come because in the end days there's a, there is a move of God coming. There is people, the harvest is ripe, the Bible says. And so the enemy says, well, if I can divide them, I can at least conquer. And I can stop this move of God. So we, we have to be careful that we're not living in this age of judgment and quick to condemn someone, quick to judge them or quick to be offended, right? Because what happens, when that happens, and it does on a daily basis, that seed goes in our hearts. And what is that seed going to do? It's going to produce a harvest. I talked on that on our podcast Wednesday night, especially women. You know, women, we are seed carriers, right? We receive the seed, and what do we do? We give birth. But it's nine months later, men, just so you know. Like, if you wonder why something comes out months later, you're like, well, where did that come from? Well, she's giving birth to that baby. And that's why it's coming barreling out. So be careful of this seed. You're, remember, your heart is a, is a, is a, a ground for the Lord and for seeds. And when you let negative seeds, it's going to produce whether we want it or not. So we have to get rid of it right away. And I'm going to teach you how to do that. So let's put this point up there. If you are on a continuous search to be offended, you will always find what you're looking for. How many has found that to be true? 
Once I'm in offense, boy, that person or situation is going to constantly offend me. Because now I'm only looking through the lens of what I've been offended or hurt by or possibly misunderstood. And then that's all that I see. You know what I've learned in my personal life, and I've walked offended, and I've had to get it in alignment, and, and it's just a part of growing and learning, is that when you are an offense, you are not productive for the kingdom of God. I've never heard anybody say when they were offended, I'm so much better because I'm so bitter. I've never heard that. I know when I've been bitter, I am not better, not only for myself, but pretty much everybody around me. Amen. I've never heard anybody say I'm having a better day because I'm offended. Hallelujah. No, it grows, doesn't it? So what we have to, this is something I tell myself constantly, you know, especially being in ministry and working with people, which is the greatest joy and gift on God's earth, I believe. But I have to tell myself this all the time, that this, my life is too short, your life is too short, and your calling is too great to be offended by something so small. If you can put that up on the screen. Listen, life is too short. It's but a vapor. And we don't have time to walk around with little divisions and little schism. Let's just walk in love and learn to forgive one another and to learn to allow grace to flow in our lives, especially in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Amen. Embrace our differences. Embrace that we're different. It's okay. And learn to celebrate one another. So I have to tell myself this all the time. Listen, my purposes in God and same with yours are too great for the enemy to mess with. It's too great, amen. We've got to allow God to allow grace and forgiveness to flow in the moment, which I'm going to share with you. So, and what happens is when you allow that offense to come, it spills over on every area of your life. It just does. It becomes active in your marriage. It becomes active on the job. You're miserable in every respect because the seed is in the heart. And God wants to get it out of the heart. So let's look at Proverbs 19.11. It says this. I love this. A person's wisdom yields patience. Now I love this because that word wisdom there means insight and understanding. But it also means to recognize the enemy. So when something comes up in your life of being offended or troubled or didn't get the phone call or whatever it was, doesn't matter what it is, right? But I have to have wisdom and go, wait, that's the enemy. If it's trying to make me feel rejected or make me feel a certain way, Bible says my battle is not with, against flesh and blood, but what is it against? Powers and principalities. It's the enemy. End of story. It's not the person. There's a spirit underneath that is just trying to motivate offense. So what? When I understand that this is the enemy, it gives me patience. And you know what that word patience means there in the Proverbs? Right there, it means to defer my anger. Wow. When something comes against me, I can have patience and see the spiritual side of it, and now I'm not angry. Now I'm not offended. And it goes on to say, it is to one's glory, which is the glory of God, to overlook an offense. Amen. There's just sometimes in our life that we just need to be mature enough to overlook the offense. And say, I'm not going to let it get in my heart anymore. So our, 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 our mes my message under grudge this morning is, I'm over it. Let's just say that this morning. I'm over it. 
let's just let it go, amen. Let's love God. Let's love God's people. Let's do something for Jesus in this hour. And let's just be over it. So how do we do that? How do we grow to this place that I'm not tempted to dwell in offense? I'll just share what the word says. Number one, we close the gap with love. With love. Unconditional love for the person, for the situation. And recognize that it's the enemy that brings confusion. God is a God of what? Love. And I have to say to myself, I love that person enough to be willing to just let it go. And give that to God and love them anyway. And there's patterns that we need to walk through. So I'm not just saying you excuse all bad behavior. Hear my heart. I'm just trying to say the little things that the enemy tries to come. So let's look at Proverbs 10:12 in the English Standard Version. It says this: hatred stirs up strife. Not love. So whenever I feel this dense consension with what I'm going through or at my job, if it's constant, with relationships, whatever it is, it is never God because only hate can stir up strife. Love brings reconciliation. Love brings hope. Love brings forgiveness. Isn't that the way we should function as the church of Jesus Christ? So what happens? There's this gap that happens when we are offended. Whatever the reason is, there's a gap between my action and my reaction, right? There's like this mega split decision that I get to make. In that moment that I'm offended, which direction am I going to go? So I can look at the situation and go, well, why would they do that? Why would they say that, right? I'm trying to interpret the action of that person and why they did what they did to me. And that can be dangerous, right? We have that moment of a, of a decision. So I've got two stools here, and so we're going to put them close together. And this is relationships in the church. And what happens? We get offended. It happens, right? And in, we're going to talk about the church, but you know it can be in any respect. And what happens? I get offended by something they did or didn't do, whether it was true or not true. My heart has been affected by it. And what does the enemy want to do? He wants to put a gap. Right? We have this moment is what I'm talking about right now is from that situation, I have a split second to determine am I judging their action or am I going to react? And when we react, what happens? And it may, and we'll talk about this, but it may not even be the real perception of what you see. And what does it do? It puts a gap. Then that person does something else, right? We'll just go this way for the sake of space. Puts a gap. What happened? Puts a gap. And next thing you know, people that are called together, people that should worship together, people that should have their marriages that are healthy, loving your family, all of a sudden by one small thing, a split decision to say, I'm going to choose offense or I'm going to choose love. Two people who loved each other celebrated one another, are now separated from one another from a schism of the enemy. And we don't want things to get in our hearts that separate us from people that we love. Amen? So you have this choice. We have a choice. What are we going to put in the gap? In that moment, what are we going to put in the gap? Nobody else has control. Right? Nobody else can tell me how I'm going to feel. 
right? I'm standing next to someone I love, and I'm choosing. They offended me, but guess what? I'm going to choose to love them anyway. You ain't going nowhere for me. I'm going to choose to understand what you're going through. I'm going to choose to understand the season of your life. I may not get it, but I'm going to love you unconditionally because we're going to stay together. This is the grace and love of God. Now, I know that's like, yeah, praise the Lord, hallelujah. But when we're offended, that is not easy to do. We both want to respond, don't we? We both want to react. But we have to be careful that that is more important to me than what's triggering the moment that I'm going through, right? So we're trying to interpret, we're going to talk about this for a minute, what someone else's reasons are behind why they're doing what they're doing, right? I'm trying to interpret it. They didn't text me back, whatever it was. Well, how dare they? They're just ignoring me, right? But the problem with us trying to interpret other people is we get it wrong. The Bible says that my own heart is deceitful. Who can know it? I can't even know my own heart, let alone know your heart. <laughs> Isn't that true? So I have to go, I may be just misinterpreting what you're going through or why you did what you did. Has any of you ever done something that you were misinterpreted about? Something you said, something you did, a decision you made. You're like, you're so offended. You're like, don't you know my heart? I would never do that. I would never say something like that. I would, how could you even think that? Like, we want justification when we've been misinterpreted. But do we turn the table and give it to someone else when maybe they've been misinterpreted? Maybe they've been misunderstood. And they're thinking, I wasn't even thinking about you. I was going through all of this. I was on this merry-go-round. My life was crazy. You don't even know what I've been going through. And yet we want grace for ourselves but we aren't willing to give grace away. And we have to be careful. How many need grace? I need it. I need it all the time. I make mistakes. I fall short. I don't text people back sometimes. And you're in the room. You know it's true. And three days later, three days later, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I just remembered, right? Didn't mean I didn't love them. Didn't mean they weren't important to me. I was probably driving. I got home. I got a crazy dog. Who knows what happened, right? So what happens when we get into this situation? It's fundamental attribution of error. We enter into this error. So put this quote up there. It, this is what happens when we get offended. There's a bias, the bias to attribute our own behavior to our own circumstances while attributing someone else's actions to their character. Can you see how dangerous that is? Hey, I just made a mistake. I didn't mean to text you back. They didn't text you back, you dirty dog. You don't love me. You don't care about me. You only care about important people at the church. Happens, doesn't it? It happens all the time, right? If I did something, I'm going to give you the reason. I'm going to break it down. You know my heart. But if you did something, now you're disappointing to me. Now you've let me down, right? Now it's become something of your character. You're mean, you're inconsiderate, you're rude. You need Jesus. <laughs> oh, but God forbid I need Jesus. God forbid I'm not rude sometimes, right? You see how we need to flip the switch? I've told this story before, but 
honestly, we're human, so God's going to constantly work on our hearts. But I was working for my church in Mesa, and my pastors got invited to go like a double wards or something. So she needed a really fancy dress. So we went to this high-end place that you get your own personal shopper. And it's real bougie. And so we're in, so this lady kept coming in and bringing her dresses. And it's like just personal one-on-one. And the lady that was helping her out was really a brat. She was short and she was rude. And, you know, she was just not a good, not a good heart. And so when the lady left the room, you know, me and my carnality, pray for me, I do need Jesus. I said, wow, that's not very nice of her. You're spending a lot of money here. And she should be more gracious to you. And my pastor's wife goes, well, honey. You don't know what she went through today. You don't know if she couldn't pay her bills or if she's fighting with her husband or if she's hungry. I felt like dog meat. (laughs) Literally, just, you know, pick up the gum under the shoe because I feel like garbage right now. But it taught me a lesson in humility of, wow, I don't know what she went through. This woman is blessed to be able to spend the money, and this woman may not even be able to pay her bills. And there probably was issues in her heart. So instead of getting offended, she understood what that was. And boy, did that teach me grace, to look at it from all angles. Amen? And it's unfortunately, we do it all the time. Like, you know, your kid may be running around Target crazy, screaming over the cart, trying on costumes, maniac. I'm not saying. I know anybody here that does that. But then when you're trying to shop peaceful and you see some other kids, you're like, man, they need to get their kids straight. <laughs> Come on, we've all been there. You don't mind your own crying kid, just somebody else shut your crying kid up, right? (laughs) So we have to be careful that we're putting ourselves, what am I doing? I'm filling the gap with love. I'm filling the gap with understanding. Remember, we have a spiritual enemy. The Bible says in Revelation 12, he is the, you guys know the word? Accuser of the brethren. What does he love to do? Accuse, accuse, accuse. Make you feel worthless. So how do we fill the, fill the gap? You can fill the gap with the accusations, which we've all done. She's all about herself, right? He doesn't care. He didn't know what I was going through. Can't trust nobody anymore, right? Well, they're in it for themselves only. Well, I'm filling the gap with accusations. Now, the devil's causing separation by accusing someone. I don't really even know what they're going through. God wants to fill the gap with Love. Amen. When you're in constant accusations, accusations can ruin marriages. You've been married two years, you know that's the truth. It can split friendships. It can destroy churches. I know my personal best friends that I've been best friends with for 30-some years now. It was never always peaches and cream. We got mad at each other. We got offended. But we learned to bridge the gap, I love you anyway. And our relationships went deeper and grew stronger because we worked past the differences of each other. And we learned to trust one another. Amen. Time is too short. Amen. And your purpose in God is too great. So let's look at Proverbs 17.9 this morning. It says this, whoever would foster love covers over an offense. Isn't that beautiful? Let's foster love for one another. Unconditional love, undeserved love, right? I'm going to learn to just give that to Jesus when I feel wronged, and I'm going to extend love and grace that God gave me. I'm going to give it back to them again. But whoever repeats the matters, what? Separates close friends. Do you see how offenses separate close friends? And that's never the heart of God, is it? The only person that wants to separate is the enemy. 
And that's his assignment. But what does love do? Love gives the benefit of the doubt. Amen. Love, I'm going to assume the best about the situation. Even though it don't look very good. And even though my perception doesn't see what you're saying, but I'm going to assume the very best in that person. I'm going to trust the other person that they really do love me, that they do care about me. And love believes in the other person. You see how big love is? It's so big. Amen? All right, so let's take a look at this. What does love do? Let's use the example. We're talking about test, texting, which is simple. We don't get a response, right? They're too good for me. They're a bad friend. But what does love do? Love, trust, and believes. I'll go, oh, they're probably busy. Or maybe their phone died. That's a really good reason, right? <laughs> or maybe they forgot. Whatever. In your own mind, you just go, I'm going to believe the best about this thing that's trying to make me feel horrible. And I'm just in that moment, I'm going to let it go. Why? Because love assumes the best. I've learned this principle, and I'll share it with you over many years, is when I'm in relationships with people, whether church or whatever, and that person begins to change on me. Their behavior changes, their countenance, or the way they respond to me. I've learned that somewhere in that relationship, there's unmet expectations. And so I can't get mad at them because they're different with me. I can maybe pray and find out or maybe talk with them what's going on. And when I've led teams, I do that. I'll bring them and say, is everything okay? Is everything okay at home? Is your marriage okay? Or do you have groceries? Like, let's talk about why this is here. And you always find there's an, a root situation as to why their behavior is different. It's never usually the point at task. It's never usually what's right in front. It's always something underneath that they're hurting and they're vulnerable. And now you've targeted that and didn't mean to, and now the offense begins to billow up, right? So let's give love away. Because you love, you make allowances. Say, I'm going to make allowances. And you probably have already done that many times over, but this is just a good reminder, amen? Now, something I've had to learn in my life, and this is really hard for me, is that because I'm the baby girl of the family and kind of semi-only child because my brother married very young, but I've learned that it's not all about me. I know, it's hard to believe. I think what we have to realize that overall in the big scheme of life, it's not about you. I mean, honestly, in that situation, 99% of the time, it wasn't about you. The scowl on the face for someone. They didn't wave in the courtyard. They didn't return the text. I promise you, if you could get to the root of it, it was never about you. And if we could just learn that, to go, oh, they're just having a situation, then you don't take it personal into your heart. Amen? No one's perfect. <laughs> so if you want the benefit of the doubt when you've made mistakes, let's give that benefit of doubt away. Amen? I've definitely cut people off in my driving days. I, did, I had a little red Toyota back in Wisconsin. And, you know, they're like a little ring. They're like a Flintstone car. You can literally probably move your feet faster than the gears go. But I pulled right in front of this truck driver coming off the ramp, and boy, was he mad and because they can't stop very fast. And he's got the middle finger blessing me all the way. And, and <laughs> But instead of me going, oh, my gosh, I pulled in front of this guy, I'm like, oh, how dare he give me the middle finger. I was so mad. I'm like, I am a woman of God, and you give me the middle finger. <laughs> this is a true story. I was 18. I was so mad. So that guy zoomed around me. I'm like, Father, you convict him in the name of Jesus. You fill his truck with conviction. <laughs> this is no joke, though. I did drive up next to him, and he honked at me. So I'm just saying maybe he did feel bad about it. But do I give the same grace when somebody pulls in front of me, though? 
I don't give the birdie, I promise you. I don't wave the, red, the flag. But are we giving grace away? It's easy for us to say, oh, I didn't mean to do that. But then when somebody else doesn't mean to, how do we respond? Amen? All right. So it's not all about us, right? We have to get our hearts into that and let's give love away. All right. So let's do just a little flip side of this. We're going to touch on it today and maybe in the next week or so if I feel that's a direction we need to go. But let's just take the flip side is what if somebody did intentionally hurt you? What if they were intentionally rude? And hateful and mean. I know those kind of people are not in the church. They're in the world. <laughs> They're everywhere, amen? Let's just tell the truth. <laughs> what do we do? What are we going to do? We're going to do the same thing. We're going to walk in love. And we're going to walk in forgiveness. And we're going to stop and think, what are they going through? You know, there's been times I've opened up social media, obviously, and I've seen things that people have said mean against me. And I have just learned in my life, God, I love them and I forgive them and I pray your grace over their hearts and whatever they're going through. Because why? Life is too short. It's too short. And the purposes of God are too great. And who wants a hundred enemies running around in the world? Amen. Let's just learn, even if it was purposeful, we can find a place, a time in our heart to forgive them. Amen. And we just learned that sometimes when people are hurt, they hurt. They hurt other people. And it doesn't, doesn't, they don't mean to. It's just kind of that reaction. So we need to extend. What do we need to do? Let's rise above the offenses. Let's just rise above it. Right? Whenever they attack, I'm going to say, God, what are they going through? Whether they did it on purpose or whether they didn't, I'm going to have compassion for them. Amen. Because that would be the heart of God. Amen. There's always going to be a gap from what you get to choose to put into that gap, what is it going to be? Accusations or is it going to be the love of God? Let's look at Proverbs 19.11. A person's wisdom yields patience, which we talked about earlier. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. So we're going to look at overlook. Listen, overlook does not mean this. It doesn't mean pretending that it didn't happen. Because that will root into the heart. Oh, just no, you don't pretend, you make a decision. Nope, right now, I'm deciding to not be offended. You have a little window, remember? You have a little window from your action and reaction, and what is it gonna be? And you have to decide in that moment. We don't wait three weeks. I'm not gonna wait to a month later. Why? Because it will brew up into my heart. I'm gonna forgive right now. I'm making a conscious decision. I release them to the grace and the compassion of God. Because that word overlook means ovar in the uh, Hebrew of it. And that word means pass over. Let's pass over offenses. Let's pass over grievances. That would be God's grace. Release them to the Lord. Love them. Pray for them. Amen. Instead of focusing on offense, dwelling on it, how can I repay them back? Have you ever been so mad at someone and you like nurse and rehearse like in the car getting ready what you're going to say to them? <laughs> Am I the only one that does this crazy thing? Okay. I'm weird. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, I wish I'd have said that. I wish I'd have done that. Next time I see them, you know. I did that many years ago in the Beloit Church. A group of people, you know, just circle of church life. But I said, oh, when I see them, oh, I'm going to tell them a piece of my mind. And I ran into them at Target. I'm like, hey. And I'm like, no. 
not hey, I'm mad at you. Because <laughs> when you really chew to just give people to Jesus, everything will be all right. God's grace and love will cover the situation, amen? So we're not going to nurse and rehearse. We're going to be over it. I'm over it. God's calling elevates us. God's purpose lifts us up. The devil wants to bring us down, amen? He wants to lower us, but God wants to lift us up. You need a purpose in your heart. Nothing's going to distract me from my purpose in God. Because when you're offended and when you're troubled, that's all that's on your mind. You go to bed, you're cooking dinner, you're driving your car, and it's like this obsession, and you're no good to your environment, you're no good to Jesus and the kingdom when you're walking in offense, because the enemy's just trying to stop the will of God. So if you don't get invited to the party, it's okay, I'm over it. If someone's rude to you on Facebook, it's okay, I'm over it, amen? It's okay. Let's get this thing under control. You don't change the world walking around bitter. Amen? Okay, let's get to wrapping this up. I have a couple more minutes. Hallelujah. Don't let something small take you off mission to show the love of Jesus. Just cut it off right at the path. Now imagine this as I was going through scripture, thinking about what if, what would Jesus do? Like, we know that. But what if Jesus would get offended? Now, you think about it like there's Matthew and the disciples, you know, and Jesus noticed that Matthew was not paying attention during the um, Sermon on the Mount or whatever. He'd be like, Matthew, you weren't even paying attention. I can't even calm the storms now, Matthew, because you weren't paying attention. Listen, I judge some of y'all faces when I'm preaching. Are you happy? Are they mad at me? Are they hungry? <laughs> I can preach and think at the same time, so, you know. You know, what if Jesus said, hey, those Pharisees gave me a dirty look, right? Can't stop thinking about those darn Pharisees. Am I really called? Can you imagine Jesus, like, doing this? What about Thomas? Thomas didn't compliment my miracle. I mean, I opened blind eyes. What do you want me to do, raise the dead all the time? I mean, can you imagine Jesus walking in this Constant, no, the disciples were a mess all the time. But Jesus walked in who he was, love. He walked in love and he taught them and he nurtured the relationships, right? So let's just say this, the calling ahead of me is greater than the offense behind me. The calling ahead of you is greater than the offense behind me. And I believe that's why the Lord says, say goodbye to the past. Just shut the door. It's over. Let's press on to new beginnings, new days. Amen. Let's close the gap of offense with love. Hallelujah. Your life is too short and your calling is too great to be offended by something so small. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray this morning. Father, I thank you today that all of our hearts have been challenged today, God, every one of us, that we are going to learn, Father God, as we follow you to learn how to walk in love, forgive quickly, Father God, to let things go that we don't need to hang on to today. And if anyone's here this morning and there's just some things that you're like, yeah, I need to let go of that ill will. I need to let go and let God. I need to forgive and release and and God just wants to take that from you today. And I just, even though I was, I was praying this morning, it was like God says, it's going to be a quick exchange. It's just going to be quick. We're going to give it to him. We're going to receive grace and love for yourself, for those involved. And you watch the beauty of God and what he can do when we learn to forgive as Christ forgave us. So I want you just to repeat it. Everyone repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me 
of any offense, ill will, judgment, or any opposition of the enemy. I give it to you right now. Forgive me. Forgive them. And I receive your grace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, isn't that the goodness of God? Grace flows both ways in the kingdom. Grace and mercy, forgiveness and love. Let's just give that away. And God can build a beautiful church. If the core of the church can walk in that principle and that really becomes the culture of the church, man, you can't stop what God can do when a church walks in love. Amen.